We're going to be going to the book of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to read verses 41 through 45. A very familiar passage of Scripture. Hallelujah. How many is going to pray for pastor today? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see what the Word of God has in store for us today. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was uh, 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days they had re- uh, as they returned, the child tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for this beautiful spirit that we have experienced today. Thank you, God, for this congregation of people that assembled together, come together today. Amen. And uh, I ask, Father, that you will bless us right now. I ask that you will speak to our hearts the words that you would have us to leave here with today, and we give you the accomplished, everything's accomplished, we'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sister Lisa, are you going to be going out there uh, once a month or weekly or bi-weekly or what? Planning on going out there weekly. Uh, we are so proud uh, for you from from my heart and uh, doing what you had to do, uh, take the training to get the badge and everything to do that. Uh, and uh, aren't, aren't you glad, Amen? We got somebody from Christ Family Church. Hallelujah. And everybody that's going to join behind her in prayer as she goes out there, I know God's going to open up this ministry greater as she goes to this lady's prison. Hallelujah. Uh, everybody by show of hands, let her know that you're going to support her with your prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I appreciate that so much. Praise God. All right. By the grace of God today, I want to speak to you on a subject titled, Losing the Savior in the Crowd. Losing the Savior in the Crowd. Now, I want you to think about that and just study that just for a few moments. The Scripture narrative that I've chosen for today's message is one that's very recognizable and more than likely, a lot of you that's been in church since you was a child in Sunday school, you remember this story from then. Uh, this story is noted, this is the first recorded spoken words of Jesus in Scripture, and he was 12 year old, um, which gives us a hint that Christ understood his mission even as a child. Now, there's some movies that's come out recently that has Jesus coming up out of the water and getting baptized, and all of a sudden he gets enlightened. I'm going to tell you something. 
He was God when he was laying in the manger. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't care what how Hollywood portray it. I don't have much for Hollywood anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. But this story here lets us know that Jesus had a hint. Amen. Gives us a hint that he knew what he was here for back when he was just a child. He told him, he said, I've got to be about my father's business. Didn't you understand that? Hallelujah. How many of us parents have ever had a child recently tell us something like that? Not likely. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus uh, knew what he was here for. Amen. It's the first recorded words of Jesus speaking in the Scripture. Now, the story tells us that the Passover was the event that they was in Jerusalem for. They had traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. They went every year. Now, children didn't go. Young men didn't go to the age of 12. That was the time that they took them. This was the first time for Jesus to be there. Uh, and uh, uh, he was age of, um, uh, of 12. They had traveled from their home in Jerusalem, uh, which they lived in Nazareth in northern Israel. Now, y'all uh, bear with me as I kind of lay a foundation here so we know what we're talking about. Uh, Jesus was raised in, uh, in Nazareth, which was in the northern part of Israel. Oh, my Lord, I had to make Jesus a Yankee. <laughs> Hated for us Southerners, but he lived in northern Israel, not southern Israel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. They had traveled from there. And uh, uh, now, if you went over there in Israel today and got on that main highway that goes from Nazareth down to Jerusalem, it would be a 63-mile trip. Take right at an hour for most of you, for some of you, 15 minutes, hallelujah. Especially Cassie, hallelujah, amen. But by the day's highway standards, it was a, it's about 63 miles. But 2,000 years ago, it would, it would have been 30, 20 or 30 more miles added to that because they had to go over the hills and through the valleys and, and around every kind of way, and it would have taken them two or three days. To make that trip. Now, follow me. Let me let me continue to lay a little more groundwork. Traveling back in those days was very harsh, uh, and most people never traveled alone. When they traveled back in those days, most of the time they would make up caravans of uh, many people. This would help them on their journey, and also it would protect them from the highway bandits that were scattered up and down and in the in around those cracks and crevices of the mountains that history tells us about. Uh, so they, they most of the time didn't travel alone. They traveled with a big group of people. Needless to say, the journey would have been a very crowded one. Many people involved. Now, here's where we're going to apply it to us today. Our lives today have become so crowded by other things that it becomes very easy for Jesus to get lost in the crowd of our life. Amen. And when, when they headed back, they had done gone one whole day's journey, see? The Bible says 
They had done traveled a day's journey headed back towards uh, Nazareth before they even realized Jesus wasn't there. He got lost in the crowd. And as I was reading that and I was praying over that, it came in my spirit that that's not too unlike a lot of us today, how that our lives become so crowded with so many things in our life that Jesus gets lost in the crowd. Hallelujah. And if we ever realize that we have lost Jesus, there's only one thing we can do, and it's the same thing that Mary and Joseph did back then. We've got to stop where we're at, and we've got to retrace our steps to see where we lost him at. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you, amen, get mixed up on your journey, amen, you're going to have to stop, amen, amen, and regroup. You're going to have to retrace and find out where you lost the Lord. Can somebody say amen? amen? Hallelujah. That's what Mary and Joseph began to do as they frantically began to retrace their steps back to Jerusalem. Amen. Because they didn't have a clue where he was at. They didn't know. They went a whole day's journey and didn't realize that he was. There, there, there's something else that comes to mind. Right, uh, right here that I want to talk about. And uh, anybody have heard of a man in the scripture by the name of Samson? Hallelujah. Now, a lot of paintings and pictures I see of Samson, they have a big picture of Samson, you know, like he's a big bodybuilder, uh, you know, and uh, big muscle bound and all that stuff. I don't, I don't believe Samson looked like that at all. Because when I go back, and you'll find his story in the book of Judges, every time, every time that, uh, that Samson did something of a lot of strength, the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That lets me know, Brother Kenneth, that it wasn't his muscles that allowed him to do what he could do. It was the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. What does that tell me today? That tells me to quit trying to do so much stuff on my own. Hallelujah. I don't need to be trying to do everything on my own. You don't need to be trying to do everything on your own. The Bible said when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, everything went good for a while until he played around and played around with God too long. He laid his head in the lap of the light times. Hallelujah. Oh, there for a while, you know, she'd wake him up and he'd get up, you know, and he would break the bonds and, and all that stuff and, and destroy the Philistines. Let me tell you something, folks. Let me, let me give you a warning. Nobody, nobody who's really a child of God and has the Spirit of God in them, nobody backslides overnight. Hallelujah. It wasn't long ago I heard about, there was, there was some people at church talking about, uh, about so-and-so uh, who went back and, done, uh, and got off in the world, I mean, and, and messing up. And, and I heard them talking, well, I just don't understand it because, because uh, so-and-so, they was at church Sunday night, jumping up and down, speaking in tongues and everything. And, and then the next day, well, I'm going to tell you something. No, it didn't happen the next day. Hallelujah. It don't happen that way. It does not happen that way. 
Hallelujah. If they're out living for the devil on Monday morning, what they was doing on Sunday night was hypocritical. Hallelujah. Don't depend on somebody. Just because somebody speaks in tongues don't mean they got all of God. The devil talks in tongues. Hallelujah. Does a pretty good job of it too. Amen. Hallelujah. Samson, he kept, he kept on. God still blessed him. God will go with you for a while. He'll, he'll, he'll put up with your inconsistencies for a while. Hallelujah. But, but one day he crossed the line. Here's the thing. You and I don't know where that line is because it's invisible. You keep playing around on God and messing around on God. One day he's not going to be there for you. Hallelujah. God keeps pouring his blessings on you, keeps pouring out his spirit. You can feel his power and your anointing. And sometimes the devil will sit on your shoulder and whisper and say, well, see, you can do this and do that and go on and do what you want to do. God's going to always uh, uh, you know, be there for you. That's a lie of the devil. It's because the Bible says God's long-suffering. And he's not willing to see anybody should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hallelujah. But if I keep messing around on God and playing around with God, amen, sooner or later I'm going to step too far. Because finally Samson crossed the line and she woke him up and said, Samson, wake up the Philistines upon you. And the Bible says, he said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do like I've done all these other times. I'm going to break these chains and these bonds and I'm going to go up there and I'm going to whoop on a few of those Philistine skulls. But the Bible said, he wist not that the Spirit of God was departed from him. Oh, Lord. The Spirit of God had done left him, Brother Jeff, and he didn't realize it. Oh, God. How many people are sitting in church pews today? Amen. The Spirit of God has unleft them a long time ago, and they don't even realize it because they are so they get their, their life is so caught up in the crowd around them. Their lives has become crowded with every kind of thing that you can imagine. Hallelujah. Amen. To the point and place like Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph had traveled a whole day's journey, didn't realize Jesus wasn't there. I'm telling you, you you better not play around with God because he can walk out on you and you don't realize he's gone. Hallelujah. Well, let me, let, me, let me reword that. Hallelujah. It's really us walking out on him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's, let's get into this and talk about this just, just for a minute. You pray for me. Losing the Savior in the crowd. Hallelujah. How in the world can we do that? The first point I want to bring out to you today is distractions crowd out quality time. Hallelujah. We come to God, and man, we, we have a great time with the Lord and, and the Spirit of God moving. Hallelujah. And then we allow ourselves gradually become distracted. Amen. And that distraction comes in our life, begins to crowd out the quality time that we have with the Lord. Everybody in here knows that's got a family, you know how important it is to, to spend some quality time with your family. Hallelujah. Husbands need to spend some quality time with their wives and not just stay hid away back in their man cave somewhere. Hallelujah. 
Bless the quietness. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. There, there's got to be some quality time for love to be nurtured. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you this. If you're not willing to spend that quality time, there, there's a shyster where he or she works that would be glad to put some quality time and take your place. Hello, somebody. Hello. Amen. Glory to God. It happens every day. Happens every day. Hallelujah. Amen. Spending some quality time with our family is important. But having quality time with your God is much more important. Hallelujah. I know how you, you, we've seen them. We've seen them here. New converts come in, man. They're excited. They're fired up. They're, they're, they don't miss a service. Hallelujah. They, they, they come Sunday morning. They're Sunday night. They're Wednesday night. If we have a revival, have something else special. They're there. They are praying. They are fasting. I have them, I've had them come to me. <laughs> pastor, pastor, what can I do here? What can I do there? Hallelujah. And then six months down the road, pastor, pastor's up here uh, uh, with a microphone. Hey, I need some help. Somebody do something over here. And all you can hear is a bunch of crickets. Hallelujah. What happened? It's easy to become distracted with earthly things. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 and 42. And let's read a little story right here. Now it happened as they went that he, uh, uh, that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Now we all know about Mary and Martha. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Amen. But Martha was distracted. <laughs> Glory. Look at that. Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Hallelujah. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. One thing. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Hallelujah. Here, Jesus was at their house. They, all the disciples were there. There was a big crowd there. And so, here was Martha running around. And, and the original King James Version used the word she was cumbered. Use the word cumbered about. How in the world am I going to get this meal fixed? And there was Mary sitting over there, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the word of the Master. Yeah, Lord. Hallelujah. And here Martha is back here in the kitchen, slaving over a hot stove, burning her hands, amen, in the fingers. And she kept looking around in there, and she sees her sister sitting there on the floor listening to the word of Jesus. Finally, she took about all of it she could take. She just burst right in there and said, Lord, says, don't, here, my sister's not helping me do anything. 
<laughs> Glory to God. And Jesus looked at her and didn't get, she didn't get the response she thought she was going to get. After all, Jesus is a fair man. And you know, he, he, he knows what's wrong. But he looked at her and he just, I can just see him shaking his head because he said, Martha, Martha, two times. He said, you've gotten distracted. You're cumbered about with all this serving. He says, one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the best part. Hallelujah. Now, um, he's got the New King James up there and uses the word distraction. But like I said, the original King James said, you're, he said, you're cumbered about. Use that word cumbered. I looked that up in the Greek and, I, and followed it back to the original. And that word cumbered, it said it means to drag it about. Hallelujah. Jesus was telling us, Martha, you're dragging around too much stuff. Hallelujah. You've got all this stuff crowded in. Amen. You worry about the fried chicken over here and the cornbread in the oven. Amen. When you should be in here like your sister, amen, getting the word of God, that's what's needed. That's what's needed. Hallelujah. Amen. It is very easy to, for us to allow ourselves to get distracted from serving God. It's very easy to have us, amen, to get distracted from the, from the things of God that's most important. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a lot of churches. Can I preach right here? Hallelujah. Now, now, we, now, we've got a little bit of this stuff, but we're not over, over uh, filled with it like some. We, we've got the, the monitor screens up here and, and, and all that stuff. But, man, there's a lot of go in today that look like a movie theater. Hallelujah. They've got all the colored lights and the smoke flowing and all this stuff. And, I, and man, they do all this stuff to try to entertain people. But, amen, and I've prayed about this thing, and I've sought God about it, and the Lord spoke in my heart a long time ago and said, these people don't come here to be entertained. they got needs in their life. There are people who need to be delivered. Hallelujah, and we need to move of the Spirit more than we need a bunch of Hollywood stuff in the church. Glory to God, it's, we have allowed ourselves to get distracted. There's no anointing. There's no flow of the Spirit. Hallelujah. From the, from the preacher on down, amen, they don't preach, they talk. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. No anointing of the Holy Ghost. And, you, and we sat there and we were though concerned and don't know why our kids, amen, are going to hell in a handbasket because we're in a service and in a church that does not allow the Spirit of God to flow. They hadn't had anointing in the month of Sundays. And the Bible said it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Glory to God. We got to have the anointing more than we got anything else. If we have to yank these things off the wall, throw all this stuff out, Amen. We're going to have the anointing. Hallelujah. We got to have the anointing of God. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's so easily to become distracted with other things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let, let, let's get real right here. Amen. How much 
prayer time. We're talking about the year moving on, and here we are at the end of, of, of April. April will be over for this, this past year in 2015. How many times just in this year, just in this year from January, that you intended to do a little prayer, but just you and God, but something distracted you? You decided you was going to read some of the Word of God, but something distracted you. Hallelujah. I've been distracted. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes it's a phone call. will distract you. Amen. And this technology world today, I've got, spe- I, I've got different uh, sounds. I've got, I won't get it now, thank God, because I've got to, I got the thing, do, on, do not disturb, but I got certain sounds that comes every time uh, uh, I get an email or, or, or get a message and, and I pick up my phone and it, uh, and it pop up there and everything. These kind of things can distract you yeah. from doing what you need to be doing with God. Right. Hallelujah. I mean, I had, I had Sister Darlene in a doctor's office one day this past week, and it... It got my attention. It amazed me. There was a waiting room full of people. <laughs> it's un- not unusual for a, 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 a doctor, you know. They want to, <laughs> when you go, you just plan on having to stay all day long. <laughs> but uh, the waiting room was full of people, and everybody in that waiting room was out doing this. Everybody. Hallelujah. The nurse, the nurse came and called somebody's name one time, called it three times. And come to find out they're sitting there dead. Oh, you, you calling me? I felt like raising my ass. If you want to c- continue to play that thing, we'll get up and go in your place. Hello? But you know what? It's the same thing with our relationship with God. God is calling your name, and you're too distracted doing other things. Hallelujah. Listen, I, I, I know the Lord put this in my heart today. God says we've got to stop the distractions. It don't matter what they may be. We've got to stop. It might be a favorite TV program. I can't pray right now. My program's on. Let me tell you something, with all of these recorders and DVRs and all that stuff, amen, that you can go back much later and watch it, hallelujah. I, I can remember when, I can remember the time, amen, that you knew so-and-so was going to be out of church on Sunday night because Bonanza was on. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I, 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 I got to go and see what Big Hoss is going to be doing. Well, you can record Big Hoss nowadays. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Amen. Glory to God. We don't need to allow ourselves to be distracted. Distractions crowd out quality time with you and God. And we've got to have that quality time. All right, there's something else. Amen. That will allow Jesus to be lost in the crowd. Earthly affections, the second thing. Earthly affections crowd out our love for Jesus. My, my, my. 
Now, when you stop spending quality time, the next thing that's going to happen, there's going to be a little lesson of a less love. Amen. People go to seminars and stuff and learn, uh, try to pay big bucks, uh, uh, the secrets of a, um, uh, of a happier marriage and, and, and all of that stuff. I'm going to tell you something. If you really want to get closer to your husband and wife, get closer to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Because, well, number one, when husbands get closer to God, it's going to make them want to treat their wives better. Hello? Glory to God. Amen. It happens all the time. Earthly affections crowd out our love for Jesus. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection, look, notice that word affection, set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. <clears throat> For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Oh my Lord, hallelujah. Earthly affections, hallelujah, crowd out our love for Jesus. Amen. In other words, there's a whole lot of other things we love beside the Lord. Amen. Let me relate an event that happened after the resurrection. Jesus had resurrected and he had done, met with several of them. He hadn't went back to heaven yet. He was still, he was still around. And how, everybody, let's go back three and a half years, and we remember that Jesus was walking around the Sea of Galilee. There were several of them who were fishermen. And he stopped and he says, Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They left their nets and started following Jesus, right? One of those men who did that was Peter. And Peter had a special calling because Jesus told him he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. Amen. He told him, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. He had the keys. That's why he had to be the man to preach the message on the day of Pentecost when the church was born about repentance and being baptized in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. So he was the man with the keys. But after all that, all of a sudden, Peter just jumps up and says, I'm going fishing. And everybody else, one by one, says, I'll go too. I'll go too. They all started following Peter. They all crawled in the boat and they went out in the lake and started fishing. Well, about morning time, they saw Jesus standing there on the shore. He hollered out to them. This is where the, we get the writing of the song. Somebody sang, uh, wrote and we sang in church, Come and Dine. 
He says, you know, come on. They came, they came to shore, and when they got to shore, they found a far, and there was fish there and bread there at the, at the far, and he, Jesus says, come and dine. And uh, then Jesus told them, he says, you bring, bring what you call, and they had them all laying down there. Now get this in your mind. Follow this, because a lot of people over, miss, oh, overlook this. You had all the disciples gather around the campfire, and they was gathered, and there was, a, there was a bunch of fish that they had caught during the night. That's when Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Simon, Barjona, do you love me more than these? He said, yea, Lord, you know I love you. We all know that story. But a lot of people overlook something. Because a lot of people think when he said, Simon... Do you love me more than these? They think he's talking, do you love me more than the rest of these disciples? That's not what he's referring to. When he said, Simon, son of Jonah, he said, do you love me more than these? He was looking right at that mess of fish that he had caught. Because Simon Peter up and said, I'm going fishing. And everybody else followed him. See, God had put Peter in charge. And no matter where he went, these other folks are going to follow him. That's why leadership in the church has to be on target with God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. When he said, you, do you love me more than these? He wasn't talking about James and John and Andrew and the rest of He was talking about those fish. There. He said, you've got to make a choice. That was your life. I've called you to something else. Hallelujah. Oh, I, oh I, hope, I, hope, I hope we are hearing what the Spirit of God is trying to tell us today. Hallelujah. Think about it. Amen. Earthly affections crowd out our love for Jesus. Folks, you may try to hang on to the world and to God. Amen. But it ain't going to work. We all have got to come to the crossroad and make a decision whom we are going to serve. Hallelujah. Who are you in love with? Are you in love with God or your job or your career? Are you in love with God or your bank account? Are you in love with God or this thing? What are you talking about, Brother Simon? I'm talking about things that crowd out Jesus in your life and you lose Jesus in the crowd. Hallelujah. Earthly affections. I'm not telling you something that I hadn't battled myself, church. The battle's nowhere near like it used to be. But there was an elderly minister one time. I, I, he pastored a church. And I was just starting out, and uh, this was, I mean, this was the real early days. This is before I ever met uh, Brother Paul and Sister Mary and them over there. I mean, I, 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 I was 14, this was 1968, and I was just beginning to go out, and I went to preach on a Sunday night of this man's church. And, uh, man, as I was at that time, uh, 
I, I drove my mom and daddy crazy. <laughs> I'd uh, be in be in my room and I'd I'd have I'd have the radio on and then I I had this drum machine that hooked up to my my amplifier and the guitar man <laughs> and. And I had all that stuff, all all that stuff going, playing this and all that. I mean, music meant a, meant a whole lot to me. I love love music, and uh, uh, I got a uh, I got a call that there was going to be a show put on out in Bardo, and somebody I knew was going to be singing some country music, and they asked me what would I would I come and play uh, 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 the guitar behind them. And so I ain't never done nothing like it before, and you know, I done started preaching. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come over there. And, uh, and got to picking and everything and, and playing. <laughs> and lo and behold, then I go over here to this guy's church, and man, he called me out and he read my mail, son. He said, man he says there's an order on your life he said I can sense it he said but I sense something else he says you be careful he says because I'm going to tell you what the devil is going to try to woo you with away from God and your anointing and your ministry he said that's music he says he said, you play this, this, that. He said, he said, I guess you can probably play about anything you want to play. I said, I said, up to this present time, I've been able to. He said, I said, God gave it to me, that gift. He said, well, you better use it for God. He said, because if there's anything that will get you away from where you need to be with God, it'd be with that. And I'm going to, down through, the, th that man hit it right on, the nail right on the head. Hallelujah. Amen. And I had, I had, I had battles with that. Cause, I mean, I, I get calls all the time. Amen. Going to, to, uh, uh, to record places down on Music Row, uh, uh, helping somebody make records and playing, uh, 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 playing music for somebody else behind them and all, and, and all that stuff. And man, that, <laughs> that appealed to what, what I wanted to do as, as, as a person, I mean, I, I, I love, not, not, not uh, the, the fact also being that if you went down there uh, and, and, and spent some studio time playing backup for somebody that's making a record, and this was, this was, this was back, in, back in the 60s, uh, uh, they, were, they were paying studio musicians back then 200 and something dollars an hour. And that looked good. Everything about it looked good. But I had to decide what I love the most. Earthly affections crowd out our love for Jesus. You've got to make a decision. You got to decide. Can't nobody do it for you. This preacher can't do it for you. I'm preaching you a message this morning that God placed upon my heart. But you got to make a decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to say yea or nay to God? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you going to accept Him wholeheartedly so God can pour down a blessing in your life?
if you're risen with if you're risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. Set your affection on things above. And then I'm going to close with this thought. All this, all this stuff just kind of rolls right down the line. First, you become distracted. And your distractions crowd out your quality time. Then after you lose quality time, your earthly affections crowd out our love for Jesus. And then the third thing, don't take Jesus for granted. You get distracted, and then you find that there's other things that kind of pull at your heart more than the church, more than God. And then first thing you know, you start taking Jesus for granted. I want to go back to our opening text, Luke chapter 2 and verse 44. Mary and Joseph, they had been to Jerusalem, had spent a few days there. They were headed home. They were gone a day's journey. And notice what it said, but they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey. They supposed he was there. If they hadn't supposed he was there, do you think they would have traveled a day's journey? And I done described to you how hard it is to make a day's journey back in those days. A day's journey then and a day's journey today is two different things. They took it for granted that he was there. Samson took it for granted that that power would always be there. They supposing him to have been in the company. Hallelujah. It gets easy to take things for granted. Our relationship with God. So some people are in and out, up and down. Um, Some of them might say, well, Brother Sammy, I thought the Bible said that God's married to the backsider. Yes, the Bible does say that, and God's always interested in restoring somebody. But can I tell you how many people have come to me down through the years and says, you know, Brother Sammy, I've, uh, I went back on God two or three times. God has forgiven me. I, I, know, I know I'm his child, but something just don't seem like the same anymore. I don't feel it like I did back in the beginning. It could be just because you've taken him for granted too many times. You assume too much. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. We assume too much. We suppose too much. I'm going to use a scripture that we, 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 used, we used recently on our Wednesday night Bible study. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to wind this up with this. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand. Those of you been on Wednesday night Bible study, you remember we've covered that. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. We're talking about your soul and eternity, and eternity is a long time. I don't think we should be supposing about anything like that. Come on. I don't think we should assume, I don't think we should take for granted our relationship with God. I, I need to do what I need to do to maintain that relationship. Amen. To make sure that relationship stays fresh. Down, down through the years and over 40 years of marriage, I, uh, and I, I did it more back, back then when Sister Darlene was in health and she was able to, uh, to go out and have a job and work. Uh, you know, I would all sometimes order some flowers or, or something and send them to the office where she was working when it wasn't a birthday, when it wasn't an anniversary, it was nothing special. Because I tried not to take our relationship for granted. Too many times we get crowded out in life. And we get crowded all around with all kind of stuff. And when that happens, we begin to lose things. Some things you lose, you might not never get back. <coughs> Hallelujah. Um, there was a lady the other day. We, I was out somewhere. Uh, I don't remember now where I was out, uh, but she had uh, two or three children. They were just precious as they could be, and uh, and she tried to take care of them all by herself and everything. And she said, "My Lord, I'd be glad when you can do this for yourself." And uh, before I got a chance to, uh, to speak up, there was somebody else there too that says, you better cherish it, sweetheart, while you can because they grow up fast. And he says, once they're grown, you don't get it back. And that's true. That's true. All I have today is memories of little little a boy and, and, and two little girls running to the door saying, Daddy, 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 when I come home from work. And I remember some days I had a bad day, you know, and I was tired and everything, and, and man, they was excited that Daddy was home, and I said, y'all go on and play somewhere. Daddy, don't, don't, don't feel like it right now. Now, Daddy misses those things. Daddy don't get those no more. Don't take for granted what God has blessed you with because it might not be there all the time. Hallelujah. Especially don't take for granted your relationship with God.
never allow the Lord to get lost in the crowd of your life. Hallelujah. Brother Darrell, would you please, sir, come up here, do a course for us. We're going we're gonna to close. It's easy to let things get crowded out of our life. And you can take this and you can apply it to an awful lot of stuff. You can apply it to things that maybe it's more related to your life than some of these other things I've said. But I believe everybody's got the picture today about what I'm talking about, about don't lose Jesus in the crowd. I was telling somebody before service, I said, my Lord, I seem like I got so many irons in the fire, I'm always behind on something. You know, it's unreal. Your life gets crowded. Some, sometimes, sometimes you can, you can crowd out, you can use, use working for God to crowd out your relationship with God. Hallelujah. I tell you this. A preacher has a problem when the only time he opens his Bible is when he opens his Bible to try to get a sermon to preach to the congregation. Amen. Not, not just a preacher, a Sunday school teacher, or anything like that. If the only time you open your Bible is when you're studying for a lesson or trying to get a message to somebody, you're going to have a problem and situation with your relationship with God. There's got to be times that I open my Bible and I read and I study when I'm not trying to get a message to preach. Because this soul gets hungry too. I need to feed this man too of God's Word. And it's not, I'm not feeding my soul with the Word of God when I'm trying to study to preach a message to deliver to you. I've got to learn how to balance it all out. Let's all stand together. If there's anybody in need.